five tips I learned from watching Rich Froning that will make you a better CrossFitter. For most people, it's just a workout. For us, it's bigger than fitness. Welcome to the Bigger Than Fitness Podcast. For those who strive to make themselves better consistently through health and fitness. I'm your host, Coach Marty. If you're enjoying this content, please subscribe, leave a review, and share with your friends to help support this channel. Enjoy the show. Hey everyone, Coach Marty here bringing you another episode of the Bigger Than Fitness Podcast. Um, Today we're going to be talking about the five tips I learned from watching Rich Froning that will make you a better CrossFitter. So just give you a background. Um, I've been doing CrossFit for about 11 years, so back when I started, Rich Froning was the guy. Um, You know, he was just, he was dominant. And um, he was, at the time, also putting out YouTube videos. At the time, he does now. I still watch him to this day. Um, And I always like to, you know, figure out what he's doing and maybe pull some tips and tricks. So uh, I feel like a lot of the the reasons, like, I've personally got better at CrossFit was just watching some of the things that he did and tried to, like, apply it to the way that I worked out, the way that I trained. So hopefully you guys will get some value out of this. So... Um, first thing is first, if you ever watch him work out, he looks like everything he's doing is effortless. And the reason is, is because his form is so, so good, so efficient that really for him, it is effortless. Um, so, you know, I, from my experience of watching, even at the highest level, the CrossFit games, you still see athletes that their form just looks terrible, like they're muscling through things. Um, they just look sloppy. They look like they're struggling. They're dying. Now, obviously, there's times where, you know, you can tell and no matter who's doing the workout, who's suffering, who's not, right? But in general, when you're seeing him in the middle of, like, kind of your average workout, he just looks very methodical, and his form is just perfect from the first rep to the last rep. Um and they teach this in CrossFit. Like when you, you know, the big piece behind CrossFit is like mechanics first, right? Consistency with those mechanics before you increase intensity. All right. So if you are like, okay, I got a little bit of form down. Now I'm just going to ramp up the weight and then your form goes, you know, out the window. Um, that's not good. And that happens all the time. I see it all the time. So for me, what I did was, you know, Every single skill from this, the smallest minute things, like something like a double under where you're just trying to stay relaxed versus like doing the dolphin kick or the pike up or the knee up or, um, you know, shoulders or arms are way flared out to the side, that kind of stuff, right? You're just like fine tuning each individual movement and asking yourself, how can I be more efficient and smooth and how can I make this look easy? So anytime I'm like doing a workout, and I'm doing a movement, I'm thinking to myself, like, how can I make this feel easier, look easier? And if I'm doing that, typically that means I'm being more efficient, which means I'm using less um, less energy to actually complete the movement. So um, I think that's a huge tip is to really start dialing in your skills and your technique and really breaking them down from a, like, you know, very low intensity level Um Versus trying to like get better with heavier weights or in the middle of a workout. And that's the only time you're really practicing movements, right? So that was a big piece. That was tip number one is work on your form first and then only then increase intensity. Okay, tip number two, the mental side over the physical side. So what I mean by that is he was um, 
he was getting an interview at some point in his career and he openly said like i am not the fittest person at the crossfit games right now and even even though he was in first place and he was about to win or he just won i can't remember exactly where it was but he was like i just think i have the strongest mental side so everybody at the crossfit games is at such a similar uh physical level it's who can actually perform from the mental side um, and that's where he felt like he could outdo that. This is something that I am still struggling with, especially right now, um, currently with where I'm at with my workouts and stuff. That's what's suffering the most. What I realized is physically I'm there, um, but mentally is what's holding me back. And the mental side of CrossFit is huge in both a good and a bad way, right? Um, I think if you can really manage the mental side you're going to see drastic improvements like if i'm doing a benchmark workout and i'm at the exact same fitness level this week versus next week obviously if i was in a better mental state on one of the workouts and more confident and that kind of thing i'm going to have a better score it's just it's it's a fact okay so focusing on the mental side is a skill and it takes practice um you know the whole positive self-talk versus negative self-talk and the whole, you know, visioning of just being positive in your workout, that kind of stuff, right? That's all going to play a huge part into improving you as a CrossFitter. So that's point number two, mental side over the physical side. Part three is master at pacing. So this guy, um, countless time and time again, you could probably pull up, you know, back, especially in his um, individual days, the amount of times he he typically stays in his lane. What I mean by that is he's just focusing on his plan. He's not letting the other athletes um, determine his speed. Unless it's closer to the end of the workout and he knows he needs to beat them, then obviously he's playing the game, right? But in the beginning of a 20-minute workout, for example, he's not worried about the people next to him. Um, and you'll see that. Um, I remember we went to... Back when there was regionals, we went to the regionals for the Central East. It was in Cincinnati, and a group of us went down, and he was there competing as an individual. And there was a long chipper. And um, with regionals at the time, no matter what regional you did, every workout was the same. So it's a little bit different than how they do it now with the semifinals. So anyways, he ends up um, completing this workout that had an aggressive like 23-minute time cap or something. He was like the only athlete to finish. Um, out of everybody. And when he started that workout, there was six or seven athletes that were ahead of him um, after the first two movements, which was this big, long, like pyramid-style chipper where there was like, I don't know, 50 reps a piece or something like that. And uh, you could just see him keeping a steady, consistent pace throughout the whole thing and slowly just gaining ground, gaining ground, gaining ground, and then eventually passing everybody about halfway through the workout and then maintaining that lead, if not extending it, and then actually finishing the workout, which most people did not come close to finishing. So, But he does that all the time. And uh, Jason Kalipa, who um, was in his era as an individual as well, who has won the CrossFit Games, um, he even said, um, like, he's the master. He even said he's the master at pacing because Jason Kalipa at, at the time tended to be the guy that – went way too hot out the gate 
and uh, then slowly suffered, whereas Rich is like slowly increasing that intensity and being able to maintain that throughout. So um, I always thought about that in workouts is, you know, how could I game plan this workout so I can pace it correctly, right? To the point where it's like that last minute or so, you're able to actually step on the gas. So if you were doing, for example, a workout that was five rounds for time, that's an easy one to break down, right? Like how long should each round take and what are my splits throughout? And can I even have my last round be the fastest, if not like exactly the same as the previous four rounds, right? You don't want your first round to be the fastest and then your last round to be the slowest. Like obviously that means you're going out a little too hot. You want to work on that. So what I would recommend if you guys are listening to this is start game planning your workouts a little bit more. Um, you know, go into it with with some intention and some goals and not just like an end goal, but like how fast should I do this first round, right? And then can I stick to that pace the rest of the rounds? Um, you know, that kind of thing. And then even getting more challenging with some of the workouts that aren't consistent rounds, the rounds, the rounds, right? Like the reps change like trying to set goals of where you want to be after each round, even though they're changing, that makes it a little bit more difficult, but it's practice. You're learning yourself. Um, and, uh, yeah, it's just a great thing to make you better and make you more aware of, excuse me, make you more aware of, um, your body and how good you are and strengths and weaknesses and how to approach workouts and whatnot. So that's three, uh, master at pacing. Tip number four, um, not being the best at one thing, but being really good at everything. So um, this point is really what CrossFit's all about, right? Like we're not in the sport of specializing, right? So for example, if you go into a track and field event, you know, you're literally focusing on one, two, maybe three events, you know, um, that you're really focusing and putting all your attention at, right? Um, versus CrossFit where it's like you need to be good at everything. You need to be good at gymnastics. You need to be very strong with your weightlifting. And then you need to have, need to have some great endurance. Um, so, you know, Rich did a really good job of like he, at times he would win the CrossFit games. He'd only win like one or two events or something like that. Um, I think one of the last years he won, he didn't win an event until the last day, and it was like four or five days of events. Um, so that just shows, like, he wasn't just, like, dominating across the board, getting first, 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 first. Uh, he was just very consistent, like, top five, top ten every single time, um, and then maybe pull out a win here and there, um, especially towards the end, which is also a specialty of his. Um, so... The idea is, like, if you're really good at something, you know, and you're coming into an open gym or you're practicing some skills or whatever, and you're already really good at that, maybe you'd be better off spending your time focusing on the areas of weakness. And a good way to figure that out is, like, if you had a program, a workout that you did not ever want to do, or, like, what's your worst workout? Like, what movements would you not want to come up in a workout kind of thing? If you <laughs> would pick those things you realize those are your weaknesses and those are the things you need to get better at, okay? Which leads into the last tip, um, turning your weaknesses into strengths. So he is, you know, has history of this. If you guys have followed along of his career, um, 
one of the first CrossFit events, not CrossFit events, CrossFit games he was in. Um, in the, the last day, there were rope climbs, and he didn't know how to rope climb, believe it or not. This is the first time they incorporated rope climbs in um, the CrossFit games. And there were, I think there were like 20-foot rope climbs, too, which normally are 15 feet. And you can look this up on YouTube. He's literally doing legless rope climbs because he doesn't know how to use his feet. And they had to do a number of them, right? So obviously he's getting to a point of failure, right? So he's able to do a few, I think, like muscle in his way up there. But in attempt to continue going, he got up 15, 17, 18 feet, like super close to the top and just had nothing left. Literally dropped from the top and basically lands like on his butt, like his feet slash butt, like hits the ground hard. And at the time, this is like the early days of, of the CrossFit Games where they didn't have all these like safety precautions and whatnot. They had no padding on the floor. Now they have these like four foot or whatever uh, big crash mats that they have for rope climbs now. Um, they didn't have that then. Now he was fine and he ended up um, whatever, but he, he ended up losing that, that competition that, you know, he lost the CrossFit Games. He came in second. Um, the next year... Uh, there was a rope climb event with way more rope climbs, and he ends up taking first on the event. So he basically took that and was like, I'm going to do a million rope climbs and master this thing. And now he's arguably the best person. His last year as an individual, if you guys watch this event, this is when Matt Frazier was coming up, and Matt Frazier took second this year. But it was the last two events in the CrossFit Games, and there were like these fat, fat ropes that were 20 feet high, rope climbs and if you watch him um he flies like he, he wins the event first of all <laughs> of course but he's like flying through these rope climbs 20 feet and he's like flag um sorry fireman pulled down the rope right like just free fall basically at in control of course um with these rope climbs and even matt frazier there was like a documentary done in that year whatever even Matt Frazier's like, man, I need to learn how to do that, you know? So he, he's just, he took a weakness of his and made it a strength. Another example is one of the years, I think Jason Kalipa won this year, the year that, uh, maybe he didn't, I can't remember. Uh, no, I think actually he still won that year, but um, it was an endurance event. It was um, it was a 3,000 meter row, 300 double unders and a three mile run. Um and uh, they were talking about this for a long time, but he basically had to walk a, a, a lot of the run because he was just so exhausted. So everyone was like, oh, he's not a good runner, whatever, whatever. Um, but now he's like a really good runner. And he, actually, at the time, in perspective, he was a great runner. But for that level of fitness, he was not good in that area. So better than most of us probably, but... Um, but anyways, he drastically improved. He was working with Chris Hintraw, who's like the aerobic capacity guy. Um, anyways, so the point behind this is um, really understand what your weaknesses are. And instead of trying to do that extra like conditioning workout or whatever um, on your off days as active recovery, maybe you make it a skill session uh, instead. Um you know, have some intent behind what you're doing in your active recovery days. So, you know, if your endurance does suck, then have a specific endurance workout program that you're going to get better at, right? Like for me, for example, like I'm not a good runner, so I could do some running intervals 
um, with some specific splits I want to hit and really be able to attack that um, and work on it, right? And not only just that day, but maybe even have like a six to 12 week program that I'm going to follow to help me get better at running. That's something that I did. Um, I told this story in the Scale and Bail podcast um, with John Woolley and Ben. And uh, I was telling the story about when I went to the Granite Games. Um, I literally had never run a 5K before and they programmed a 5K. And in a nutshell, I um, struggled. I was close to 30 minutes. Uh, my back locked up uh, halfway through, which was really part of the reason, but also I'm just a terrible runner and I'm sure my back locked up cause my form wasn't good and I wasn't used to that volume of running cause I'd never done it before. Um, so like prior to that, I was just doing your typical like CrossFit runs outside of that. I was never a runner. Um, I never worked on that. And so I was so like beat up mentally by that, that I literally hired a coach and he gave me a plan, helped me with my actual form and technique. Um, and it's something I worked on. So if you could take that, hire a coach if you need to, hire someone to keep you accountable, whatever, you can do that. Um, and that actually follow a specific game plan that's going to make you better and more confident in that movement. So um, that's my takeaways uh, from watching him. I still watch him to this day. He's got a great YouTube channel. Obviously, check it out if you haven't already. Um, but, yeah, I think I'm going to end it at that. So those are the, those are the five reasons. So let's kind of recap here. Uh Mechanics first, so really impeccable form to make it look effortless, right? Uh, number two, the mental side over the physical side in terms of the importance of practicing the mental side in your workouts. Number three, master your pacing. So learn yourself, have a game plan going in, um, and execute. Number four, um, you know, being good across the board. So this kind of ties into number five, too, which is working on your weaknesses. So if you could understand your strengths and weaknesses and fill in the gaps of your weaknesses, you're going to be way better off. So anyways, guys, I'm going to wrap it up here. I hope you guys enjoyed this episode and got some value out of it. If you did, please uh, leave a review, share with your friends, et cetera, et cetera. And uh, I will catch you guys in the next one.